Good morning. Welcome to Real Time with IPELRA, a podcast dedicated to HR topics in local government. I'm Megan Polera. And I'm Christina White. Thanks for joining us. You are never going to believe it, folks, but today we have the one and only public salary guy on our show. So we are so excited to in- introduce the man behind the green curtain. But before we do, I want to let you know what's coming up on our future shows for the rest of season three. Starting next week, we have a three-part series on navigating harassment and discrimination-free workplace with a trio of attorneys from Trussler. But without further ado, I would like to introduce the man who started Public Salary. Brad Falkins is a partner at CityTech with over 24 years of database and application engineering experience. He began working on an early prototype of an online wage and benefits survey in 1997 and was later awarded HR Magazine's 2001 Innovative Product Award and featured in the July 2001 issue of The Best HR Tool Ever. I could not agree more. I have used this product for a decade now. I shame others into using it as well so I can shamelessly use their information. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Brad Falkins. Brad, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Great. Um, you're a real person. You're not just uh, a website that we go to. This is amazing. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm real in person, in real life. That's fantastic. It's very rare do you have an outstanding product and get to speak to the creator and founder of that product. So if anybody's tuning in and doesn't know what publicsalary.com is, can you just give us a, an overview? What is publicsalary.com? Sure. Yeah. So the basic description of public salaries, it's a real-time wage and benefit survey. Uh, it's really kind of designed to be an HR tool, uh, like a like a data sharing tool for HR representatives um, and other people in the in the public sector. We started off with the idea of you know in a in a typical salary survey, uh, a lot of different individuals from different organizations will call each other and or they'll share some sort of a spreadsheet around. And the problem with that, of course, is that there's a long lag time between when all that data is collected and then when it's finally uh, shared with everybody that participated in the survey. And so we we saw an opportunity to use the web as uh, a way to kind of, you know, coordinate the sharing of that data and make it real time instead of something that was, um, you know, collected manually, uh, maybe even through phone calls and then shared out, you know, months later uh, when that when that survey was published. Well, I have to tell you, tell you it's uh, if I haven't already said this three times since we started three minutes ago, but it is a fantastic <laughs> product. Um, before we we got Thank online, today, I was telling Christina how I am in the process of writing an RFP for a wage and compensation um, study. However, if if everyone used public salary, populated it, and we all we wouldn't really have to go outside and pay outside vendors to do this because we would have this data in real time, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we we try to encourage as many people to sign up as possible, and of course, as the members you know have have gotten requests for information um, outside of public salary, we've we've you know been fortunate to a lot of the members will just go and then say, well, you know what, I've already got everything in public salary. Um, you know, why not just fill out your your profile, and then uh, it benefits everybody collectively. 
And so generally speaking, most of the members have, have kind of done that sort of thing where, you know, somebody contacts them from outside the system, they say, hey, you know, jump on board, and then they do. And then, of course, it becomes more valuable for everybody. And that's, I, I like that. To your point, I get um, emails all the time saying, guess what? It's time for our annual or biannual survey. Please complete this questionnaire and have all this. And then we generally say, hey, we're using public salary. Please log on and you can find the most up-to-date information on our positions, current job descriptions, salary ranges, actual rates of pay, um, our personnel menu, our, our collective bargaining agreements, all sorts of stuff. So I know... I mentioned a little bit in the beginning um, that you started this and, and a little bit for the impetus for starting it, but why don't you tell us in your own words, um, what, what kind of drove you to create this and why? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we saw a big opportunity to create helpful tools for uh, the government sector, for the public sector, really, that um, would, would really kind of improve the lives of the HR representatives and, and HR staff. And, you know, as it started growing, I mean, initially it was this idea of just sharing salary information, you know, just basically a, a salary survey that was online. And we started discovering little things about the salary surveys that we could optimize or that we could make a lot better. Um, one of the things was this kind of idea for a real-time wage and benefit survey instead of something that was published, collected, analyzed, and then, and then reported. And in so doing, we created something that um, was relevant all the time. Uh, and then, you know, obviously we discovered a lot of the little nuances with doing this. Like, for example, sometimes people don't update their data all the time, right? So we had to create software systems that would, um, you know, incentivize or remind people or disincentivize people from, you know, having data that was too old. Um, and so we built all that into the system. And then as the system evolved, we started learning a lot of other things too. Like, for example, the messaging system or the discussion board uh, has really grown substantially over the past few years. And that's something that, you know, we added as, as just a way to, to um, kind of arbitrarily have surveys that, that didn't fit within the public salary mold. Um, so, you know, little random things that people had questions about. Uh, and that's actually really turned out to be a big center of traffic on the website now. So there's, there's, you know, over the years, we've learned a lot of different things about this process. Um, but, you know, really the idea for, uh, at least initially for, for creating public salary, was just the fact that there was a very inefficient process going on in a lot of the cities. And it was, you know, HR representatives were wasting a lot of time calling each other um, and, you know, requesting these surveys. And then a lot of repeat process was was and, and time wasting was going on of recreating these surveys uh, sometimes every year. So, you know, by by moving that into a web application, it's really made the entire process a lot more efficient, we think. The discussion oh. forum is one of my personal favorites. Awesome. I use it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's good to hear. Well, because you can search for past discussions too. So that's nice because then you're not necessarily having to repeat the question, right? Over and over and having, to your point, exactly. having everybody answer the same information. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and you know, the, the thing about the, the system in general is that because this was formed by a group of public agency um, HR representatives in the beginning, it's always had a, a like a, 
uh, you know, it's, it, it's been grown out of that atmosphere. It's been grown out of the suggestions from the users. And so everything we've put into the system, including, you know, some, some new experimental stuff we're working on has all been based on the suggestion that we've gotten from our members. And so we really value the feedback. I mean, we really like knowing, you know, what do people like? What do people not like? You know, what could we do that's a little bit better? Uh, and all those things collectively over the, the years that we've been doing this has really, you know, grown this into a tool that I think a lot of people like. Now, you mentioned the discussion board, and I agree with uh, Christina that that is huge. It's wonderful. There's all, whenever I need something, I think we're going to go there first. And there's categories. You can put messages uh, or chats in different categories. Um, and then there's also an archiving feature. Can you speak a little bit about how that works? Sure. So the archival in terms of the, the positions or the archival in terms of the, um, the discussion board? Just talk about the discussion board in general. I know if, I'm just envisioning someone who might not have used the product, you know, really letting them know how helpful it is. Sure. For example, sure. I'm doing this comp study. I might go on there under under contracts and say, has anyone ever issued an RFP? This is what I'm looking for. And then a variety of communities may have responded to, yes, we just did one. This is who we use. This is what it costs. Here's a sample of what our document looked for. Um, could you speak a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So the discussion board we think is, is you know, obviously quite useful when it comes to looking up various, you know, um, documents and, uh, you know, other types of things that the organizations may find useful. Um, I mean, you know, the, the document section, there's, there's really kind of two sections that we have off to that side of the, the site. Um, the document section is great for housing contracts and, uh, you know, job descriptions, organizational search charts, personnel manuals, policies, safety manuals, salary schedules, surveys, all sorts of things. Um, and we've actually just added some more features that scan the documents themselves. So if you need to pull up and search for something like that, that can that can really help in those cases. Um, and then again, you know, we've been talking about the discussion board. There's there's other opportunities to attach files to that section, um, which, you know, of course, can help with very current questions and, and current issues that might be happening uh, in the space of public uh, agency HR. Um, so, you know, both of those, and of course there's different discussion categories. We kind of have things organized in, in those different categories there. Um, the one thing about the discussion board that I, that I think is really kind of uh, fantastic is it creates uh, an, an arena for everybody to have discussions. Um, and all of these discussions are held within a private entity. So it's not like it's a bunch of public emails going back and forth. Um, and there are some advantages to that, that that we've been told over the years. So it's just, it's just been kind of interesting how this, this uh, feature has evolved. Um, from something that, you know, we just kind of tacked on to the end of the website as sort of a miscellaneous area. And then it's, it's really kind mm -hmm. of grown from there. That's fantastic. Um, so as an add-on, are there any other potential add-ons that you're considering for publicsalary.com or, or any version updates, any new enhancements? Give us a sneak peek. What's the future of public salary? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we generally don't like to talk about uh, new features before we release them because it's, you know, it's always, some of these are very experimental and, and we're, we're working with um, a couple of, of the members right now to, to, to do additional document analysis to see, you know, what, what we can kind of extract out of the documents to make it easier to analyze and, and search and find things. Um, 
But uh, because these things are experimental, you know, sometimes it can take some time to, uh, you know, bring those into actual features that that are, are productizable and usable for the for the members. Um, and other times, you know, the technology still has to kind of catch up a little bit uh, before we're able to, to, to make those things readily available. Um, but there's, there's always things that we're looking at to optimize. I mean, one of the things that we added, uh, not too long ago, I think it was last year was the, um, uh, the, the new charts basically showing the distribution of salaries within a particular cohort. And that's been very valuable for members to really kind of see visually um, these technically they're called B swarm charts. And so the New York times used these years ago in some salary analysis. And uh, I thought it was really fascinating. So we started looking into how we could add these to public salary um, and the feedback's been great. I mean, the members generally think that, you know, this is kind of a, a great way to, to visualize how, your salaries, you know, speaking in terms of an HR rep, um, the salaries in your organization compare against a lot of the different salaries that are out there for that particular template. Um, and so that's something we did uh, about a year or so ago. That was kind of like a, a big thing um, that we added. Uh, and then recently we've been we've been doing some some little tweaks and things to the discussion board. Uh, and then, of course, you know, also last year, I mentioned the document section we added so that the documents themselves are scanned. Um, you know, for example, if you upload a, a Word document, then the content of that document is scanned and also contained within the, um, the search engine that we use in the background, um, which then means that if, you know, you search for anything in any of those documents, it'll surface those documents instead of just the text that's in the summary or the title or anything like that. That's wonderful. Um, you mentioned this this bee swarm, and I'm I'm interested in that because I think that's similar to what we might call our group of comparables. Um, I know in using public salary, there's a variety of members. Um, can you tell us how many clients you actually have, and are all of these entities public employers in Illinois? Yeah, you know, a lot of them are in Illinois. I mean, we have a huge concentration of members in Illinois. Um, but we do have some members outside of Illinois. There's about 200 members total in the system right now. Okay. And um, there are, I mean, most of them are municipalities from Illinois, but we do have a collection of municipalities from Missouri. Uh, and then we've, we've started getting some interest from out of state to other states that are kind of surrounding um, Illinois as well. So like Wisconsin and then Michigan, um, a few from Iowa it's always hard for us to start in a new area. Um, mm -hmm. And really, you know, it kind of goes with the, the, the nature of, of how this system works. So, you know, if you're a particular member, you need to compare against other members that are within your region, um, or at least comparables that are, you know, somewhat in your region. Uh, and so, you know, it, it tends to spread in a way that, you know, it, it started with like the first 10 to 20 users in the kind of the Northwest Municipal Conference area. That's that's basically where we started. Um, and then it started spreading out through, you know, most of the northern Illinois area. Uh, and then, you know, interestingly, down out through Missouri and the kind of the Missouri St. Louis uh, metro area and then further out a little bit. But now we're starting to see some interest in other areas, too. Um, so most of the system has really kind of grown with a, almost like word of mouth. And uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's always been really exciting for us to see. That is exciting. And I can see it's sort of um, like building anything. You need to have a base and then you just attach a piece on and attach a piece on. So you couldn't really have um, 
an isolated group because you need, again, you need those comparables. Uh, so a word on that. I know there's a feature in public salary that allows you to create comparable groups and then to check your data against their data. Is there any functionality or is there any assistance in helping uh, an entity determine who is their comparable communities? Yeah, we do have something like that. So when you create a comparable collection, um, there's a there's a feature that allows you to search for a variety of different aspects um, that you might want to use to compare to create other collections uh, or to to pull other members into that collection. So, for example, things like you know area of the of the municipality, like you know square miles, um, the EAV, the f- fiscal year budget, general fund revenue, population, property tax, sales tax, payroll. You can use those type of metrics to find other organizations, uh, you know, municipalities, park districts, et cetera, to add to your comparable collection. Um, And there's a couple other keywords you can use, too. You know, we have a lot of members that like to just create a collection like the kitchen sink, you know, everybody in Illinois, for example. So there's different keywords you can use to add, um, you know, a particular region all at once. And um, uh, and that just kind of helps in creating these collections um, that you can then use f- throughout the system to, you know, compare salaries or compare benefits or compare organizational data. Uh, the, the comparable collections themselves are kind of a really core piece to the whole system and how everything gets compared. Wow. So, so one thing I noticed, oh, sorry, go ahead, Christina. No, I was just going to say, as you were talking about the comparable groups, and I know, again, I've, I've used it, um, and I, I use both. It depends sort of on the question I'm, I'm looking to, to ask as to whether I use my core group of, of approved comparables or whether I send out a broader sort of survey um, trying to collect more information. But I was going back to the whole conversation about regional uh, partners, and, and you really have to have enough of a cluster to make that data usable. Um, so I'm just thinking through all of the expansion things you were talking about. What are the, Brad, from your perspective, what are some of the challenges you see with member communities that maybe are are using the, the system to some degree, but aren't really fully utilizing it? And maybe some some tips about how they can kind of get more out of it without uh, maybe exhausting too much of their resources, if that's the the issue. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a great question. So over the years, one of the things that we've heard was, you know, it'd be, it'd be great if it was easier to um, add or update information over time. So we've, we've developed a lot of features to try to make that as easy as possible. Um, case in point, you know, one of the things we added were, if you want to do a range increase on a particular group of, of uh, positions, then we make that very easy. You know, you can either do it by percentages or you can go through a, a group of, of um, positions that are in the system and update them almost like a spreadsheet format where you're just arbitrarily changing all the different ranges and salaries. Um, Recently, too, uh, again, I think it was last year or the year prior, we added a new feature called the quick insert, um, which is a way for you to just quickly scan through all the templates. Um, and again, almost in a f- spreadsheet format, um, add different position, add different ranges and, and salaries and, and data just to kind of get up and running very quickly. Um, generally, though, what we found is that for a new member coming on board, it takes them about an hour or two to get all of their positions in. Um, and they can have, you know, the public salary allows you to add an unlimited number of users to the account. And you as the account administrator can control all that access. 
So if you want to have an intern get in there and put a bunch of positions in, uh, they can get in there and do that. And then, you know, you can have the, the joy of running the reports after all that data is in there. Um, similarly with, with updating the data. So once the data is in, you know, it could take one to two hours to put that data in there. But then it only takes, we've found, you know, 30 minutes or so every year to update the data. And then, you know, as things change throughout the year, you don't need to wait till the end of the year. You can just go in there and update them as things are uh, as things are changing in the organization. And so just the nature of keeping things up to date and the ability to keep things up to date, not doing like a once a year survey really kind of helps with the, the feeling that it's taking that much time because it only takes a matter of seconds to go in there and update uh, a few position where, um, you know, batching it up to the end of the year may still only take 30 minutes or so, but we've got those tools in there now to make, you know, any sort of broad range increases or anything like that very easy to do. And as you're making these like system adjustments and upgrades, are there things that the members have to do to upgrade their system or does it happen automatically in the background? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question too. The reason why we like the web application design so much, I mean, these days it's kind of, there's a, a term they've coined for it as software as a service is because we can make constant updates and changes and improvements to the software. And the user themselves doesn't really need to, to do anything to get those new features. I mean, they just, every time they access the website, you know, there's something that may have been changed in the, in the background or in the back end or somewhere, and they don't need to do some sort of a software update or anything like that. It's just automatically there by nature of it being a website. Okay. And are, are there um, help guides or anything to kind of showcase the new features or how do they learn sort of how to use those optimizations? Yeah. We like to send out a, a newsletter uh, usually once or twice, maybe three times a year where uh, we basically announce all of the new things that might be going on or anything else that, that, you know, needs attention uh, from the users or they might be interested in. Uh, and so when that newsletter goes out, you know, we'll, we'll look to, we always look to highlight some things that have changed with the system or anything that, that makes sense. Most of the time though, uh, in the system itself, we're, we're working on things either in the mechanically in the back end to make it faster or to add, you know, um, support on, on one section or another, maybe improve a certain design on something. And so it's not always like, you know, groundbreaking features that need the attention of the users. Um, but there are, you know, there are cases where we, we love to kind of announce and say, Hey, look, you know, you can do this now, or, or this is, this has changed a little bit and, you know, could make your life easier in this aspect. So, um, we, we tend to announce those things through the newsletter and for new users, we have, um, uh, like a, a quick user's guide that's available on all the pages. We have a support system that they can click. So it, we try to make it as easy as possible to get onboarded and get uh, up and running. So when I think back to my history of using products and I don't want to date myself, but I, I remember starting with like Crystal Reports. And then after Crystal Report, Reports, there was a variety of like access databases that I used. Is there a reporting function of public salary or any way that you can pull data and generate reports from that, that I'm not aware of. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we have a, we've spent, well, when we were designing this, we spent a lot of time working up the report system. And the idea was that we wanted to create it in a way where 
you know, we, we had a lot of UI that could customize the reports and make them um, very pliable for the members, but also a way where the, the users could dump the data to any kind of system that they wanted. So we've really kind of got both of those things in there. Um, so case in point, if you're running a salary comparison, you can check off the boxes next to each position that you want to compare against, click the compare button, and then it opens up this report. And in the report, there's at the very top of the page, there's a link that says change settings. And you can use that to add and remove columns, change the order of the columns, change the sorting, change, you know, there's certain like projection features that'll project the salary out. Uh, so you can change all those parameters in there. But the most important thing is that if you wanted to use any sort of external graphing, charting, spreadsheet, like, you know, software, you can export all the data that you see on the screen to that system and then um, you know use that to do whatever additional analysis that you want um, but the reporting system in public salary is pretty robust i mean we even show some aggregate functions too like uh, the average salary the, the percentile um, that you know you are in your organization versus everybody else in the comparison um, we show some additional data about you know the the, the positions that may be slightly out of date um, and then the reasons why they might be out of date. So mm -hmm. as organizations update their data, sometimes they may get behind by, you know, a few months. Um, and we give them an opportunity to say, hey, look, you know, we're going through negotiations right now. And, um, you know, we, we expect it to be complete in the next three months or so. Uh, and then that data shows up as well on the report so that you can really get like a full picture of what's going on um, with your comparable collections. But yeah, the reports are are pretty robust. Um, and then again, you know, if, if you want to, I mean, if you go to print it, they, they're nice and formatted and stuff for the printer, but if you want to export it to another type of format, uh, you can do that. So you can run uh, reports and other software. Well, thanks for including a paper function for us government folks who uh, may not <laughs> have advanced to uh, all digital. I remember speaking with another software company and they're like, we have a print function for you. For government, <laughs> we have included a print function. No other industry has asked for it, but we know you like paper. So, you know, we're just supporting the lumber industry. We want to keep everyone in business. Um, well, I, I'm not even sure that I was aware of that reporting function. So that is... That's fantastic. I think that would be helpful information for any of our listeners who want to get the most out of public salary. Are there any other um, functionalities that we haven't talked about today that you would like our listeners to be aware of? You know, it's it's interesting. A lot of members uh, that hop on a public salary, they sort of discover things as they go. Uh, and so, you know, we always like to when we first onboard a new user, we like to show them the uh, the new user's guide and, and just point that out just so they can understand, you know, that, that there is something out there that can quickly walk them through the concepts and stuff of the system. I mean, we always find that that members don't quite um, find the prospect of position feature very quickly. And, and we always thought this was like the coolest thing when we first launched it. So the idea is a lot of times a uh, particular organization may have some position that they haven't entered into public salary yet, or they're, they're quite literally creating the position for the first time and they don't know what they want to pay the, uh, that, you know, the person or, or set the numbers for that position. And so what they can do is use the prospect of position feature to hmm. uh, essentially play what if scenarios when they create that position without having put it into public salary. So you can say, hey, okay, you know, I'm creating this new position, we'll call it position A. And um, 
you know, I want to pay this person in the 50th percentile compared to everybody else in a particular comparable collection, you know, so, uh, you know, organizations will create different comparable collections for different things. Um, you know, one collection may be, you know, police contract renegotiation. Another collection might be everybody in Illinois. So they'll, they'll choose a collection. They'll choose what, you know, sector and category and template that they want this new job to belong to. Uh, or position to belong to. And then they'll, they'll start putting in the numbers and playing around with what the salaries would look like, or you can put in the salaries and see what percentile that job would fall in compared to the rest of that, that cohort, that collection. Uh, And then of course, when you're done playing with the numbers, you can hit the, hit the button to run the report. And then it runs a, a very similar comparison report that you would see if you just created the position outright um, the advantage to the prospect of position feature is that you're not creating a fake position that doesn't exist in your, in your organization yet, because then the other organizations that are comparing against you uh, are going to see that. So it, it's a way to kind of play with the numbers, see what makes sense, see what the salary ranges would be and all that stuff before actually creating a, a position in the, in the system. And this can be very valuable, especially if you're trying to figure out like, okay, you know, what, what should the range be for this new position? And I think you, you brought up another really good point. Um, uh, being in the 50th percentile, where you fall amongst your comparables. And I think this is an important distinction to make. Does public salary provide any sort of guidance or recommendations on where you should fall as a municipality? Or does that really, really speak to your um, philosophy, your your payment philosophy, your payroll, your financing philosophy? Do you just provide the data and then allow us to do the analysis? Yeah, I mean, we we provide the data. We do provide some analysis, but we don't provide any recommendations on where you should fall. So, for example, okay. if you run a comparison report, we'll show you where your position falls with respect to the percentile by rank of everybody else within whatever comparable collection you chose when you ran that report. Um, or, you you know, of course, you can change the co- collections after you run the report, too. But the idea is that we'll, we'll show you the data. We'll, we'll analyze the data for you as well. Um, but then the, the policy decisions, of course, and, and ev- it seems like every municipality is slightly different on how they want to mm-hmm. uh, how they want to put their their positions. And and so, yeah, we we're mostly in the business of create uh, creating a tool that allows the users to collect and share the data. Um, and then we've created some tools that allow you to analyze the data within public salary. And of course, this is an area, by the way, that we're very open to suggestions on. So, you know, if there's additional tools that we can create or metrics that the mm-hmm. uh, organizations and the members like to to look at on a regular basis that are not in there, um, you know, we, we would like to avoid the uh, hassle of having to export the data and import it into another software. So if there are additional metrics that the the organizations would like um then we can add those in there the percentile by rank was one of those things you know we didn't have that from the very beginning we had you know things very basic things like average salaries and stuff but um Mm -hmm. the percentile was a kind of a very key piece and we built that into the uh really the center of a lot of different functionality inside of the system after we we started uh you know hearing more and for more and more members that that was important Well, you know, we are getting near the end of our time here today, but I do have one important question I think um, that would be essential for our listeners to hear. 
more and more these days, we're hearing about data breaches and hackers and a, a lot of times people's personal information being at risk. And we have identity theft policies and all sorts of um, insurance uh, things that are added now to our software programs. Is there any risk associated with using public salary, housing our information, although it is public record, in one place? Yeah, you know, we, we put a lot of features into the system to control for security. And uh, we also are, are, you know, very much aware that that this is really important data. So we, we tend to treat security very, very carefully. The other thing that we always are, are focused on is um, only allowing public agencies into the, uh, the system. <clears throat> so we don't we don't allow, you know, for example, um, we, we don't allow unions into the system. We don't allow, you know, people like that into the system uh, because we, you know, we, we understood for very early on that the members didn't want that and that that would be a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that we do is, you know, when a new user signs up for the system, they, they get access to trial data so they can kind of play around with some fake data and see what it looks like. Um, but they have to activate their account, so they have to call into uh, to public salary to, to City Tech uh, and verify that you know they're a public agency. We take a look at the e- the domain on their email to make sure that they're they're um, you know part of part of that that public group, um, and uh, and then we you know we really grant them the full access to the system and and sign them up as a uh, a subscriber. Um, but it's really that step that we use to try to screen out anybody that's just trying to get into the system and people that have a legitimate uh, public sector domain um, on their on their email address, and then you know um, they've they've called in to verify that as well. So you mentioned a really good point um, in, in protecting the users who have access to this data. I know one of the things that um, we're always conscious of in local government is FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act. Is the data or conversations that are shared on public salary subject to FOIA or even discovery um, during any sort of legal process or perhaps um, contract negotiations with the unions? You know, one of the, the key pieces of public salary is that it is a, a private sector tool. Uh, and so we were told very early on that the fact that this is this data is housed within the private sector um, is in and of itself, uh, you know, different than if it was housed in the public sector. So if, if this data was housed in the public sector, you know, for example, if some public agency, some village owned publicsalary.com, then it would be subject to FOIA. But because the system itself is housed in the private sector, uh, publicsalary.com itself, uh, apparently, at least, you know, from what I've been told, cannot be subject to FOIA. Now, each individual municipality may be subject to to some FOIA requests for their specific data, um, but but the the system itself, because it's in the private sector, uh, apparently this is, you know, the case that it cannot be subject to FOIA. And this hand, this is the case for the discussion board too. One of the reasons why we designed the discussion board in a way where um, when you receive a message, you don't receive a copy of the message in your email, you receive a link that sends you to public salary is to prevent the FOIA requests um, from, for, prevent that text from being subject to the FOIA requests. So, you know, we don't, we don't broadcast the messages that are sent out in the discussion forum. We send a link and then that brings the users back into publicsalary.com to read the message. 
That makes so much sense. I've seen that so many times and it's like a little teaser, like there's the message in public salary. <laughs> and then I stop what I'm doing and I go in there and it's, and it's, you know, it's a nice little trick you got going there, Brad. I like it. Um, <laughs> if, uh, if our members don't already know um, about the privacy function in public salary, I think that's fantastic. All the more reason why we need to use that discussion board. Um, so we're not sending emails back and forth. I think that's fantastic. Um, Brad, I, I got to thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. This conversation has been enlightening. If any of our listeners want to get in touch with you, or if they'd like more information on public salary, how can you be reached? Sure. So you can reach us at, uh, I mean, you can go to the publicsalary.com website. You can also reach us as support at citytechusa.com. CityTechUSA is the, the company we have around the product, publicsalary.com. Um, and you know, either way is a, is a great way to get in touch with us. There's also a, a link to all of these things on publicsalary.com too. So that's probably the easiest way to remember it. Okay. Do you sell merchandise? Is there any way I can get a public salary hat or a t-shirt? <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. I think we'll, you need something like, we'll like something like, it. are you comparable? Something like that instead of like got milk. <laughs> um, or just like mini, mini brads to tell you about all the features that you forgot are there. Right. <laughs> just, right. It's the easy button, easy button, Brad. Yeah. It's a great idea. We need a mini Brad listeners. Uh, we were talking offline that um, Real Time with Ipelra is looking for an intern. If you know someone who is interested in getting involved with the podcast, we're looking for someone to help us with production, um, possibly some software applications. Anyone who's in the, a student or looking to advance in their career, this would be a wonderful opportunity to get involved with a professional society's podcast. We'd be happy to write any letters of recommendation and work with you. Um, please reach out to us. And listeners, if you have anything you want to say, remember that we're listening. Send us a recorded voice message we can play or join us on a future podcast. Connect with us through the website at www.ipelra.org. And of course, on Twitter at I-P-E-L-R-A. Support IPELRA by becoming a member. We are dedicated to providing training and resources to HR and labor professionals in local government. Join us next time as we are visited in our three-part series with the attorneys from Trussler on navigating a harassment and discrimination-free workplace. I'm Megan Falera. And I'm Christina White. Our executive producer is Kay Argo, and this has been Real Time with iPalra. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you.